Like nobody can hear you, Jordan. Keeping my mic right here. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of BeerNet Radio. We are laying down some Wednesday warehouse on a Friday. What's the date today? July? July 21st. July 21st. Uh, just four days away from the Distributor Productivity Summit coming up on the 27th, Thursday. Half day in the morning. You can go to BeerNet.com and get your tickets still. Jen is off today, so we decided to come in and film at what will be our old studio, which is just a corner in my living room. And so what we've done is I had uh, I own a duplex, and upstairs I've had tenants, but they moved out, and we, we've decided to make that into our new world headquarters and offices and a new studio. So it's two bedrooms and a living room, so we're going to have a conference table, Jordan. We're going to have a flat screen on the wall. We're going to have one bedroom as a podcast studio, recording studio, and another office. We'll have desks in there if you want to come over and get some work done instead of fucking around with your dogs all day and your baby. It looks really sweet. Harry showed me my setup, and I'm working out of a little janitor's closet up there. Right. But, <laughs> it's, hey, uh, everyone I'll, else's setup looks really nice. I'll, I'll put a picture in the video for it. <laughs> I'll still be doing some recording from this little con- conclave, but it's, if it's just me or if we're just on Zoom. But uh, look for that in the coming weeks. Wanted to talk about, well, let's talk about Anchor. Again, Dave Infante has done a great job of laying out what's actually going on. Check him out over at VinePair. And he's also got an independent newsletter called Fingers, which is really good. I, it's uh, hilarious. Yeah. It's everything good beer hunting wants to be. <laughs> but uh, So, you know, we've had – there's a gr- groups of people that are interested in buying either the brands or the brewery or both. A lot of it looked like it's crowdfunding. And then later in the week, uh, the employees have gotten together and are, would like to make a run at it as a co-op. Do you think these have a, a chance, or do we have any indication what Sapporo's thinking? Um, I think everything is up to the liquidation process right now. I think that's what the Sapporo spokesperson said to the New York Times. Um, I know Dave has been covering this. It feels like the Sapporo people don't want to talk to Dave. Happy to talk to the New York Times. <laughs> and um, he said that they've received i think about a dozen or two dozen offers um of you know individuals or groups trying to uh make a run at the brand and he basically said you know we love to see the support but it's kind of out of our hands and up to the the liquidation process okay so they've hired a a firm that's a liquidating firm yes and just to get the most out of you know sapporo should just give the brand to whoever has a plan for it free or take on whatever debts they have as far as the facility if they want the facility Sapporo should just lease it to that person in uh, at market prices which again is free in downtown San Francisco right now so I mean it would look good for Sapporo they would uh, get good PR that the brand is continuing and the the brand and the brewery together ruined several fortunes uh you know co-ops that would be great if that worked out uh they're they're fine with the if the company's making money if the company's not making money what are the co-op are the employees gonna give up their savings to keep it going i mean it's a double-edged sword yeah and i i think that's the 
that's the thing I worry about is whoever takes this over. I mean, it's it's going to be really tough to support this brand. There's a lot of people coming out showing support for it right now that it's you know on on its last leg or is done. Um, but I mean, Sapporo is a gigantic company and they couldn't even make it work and said that we're just losing millions and millions on this brand. Um, they tried to rebrand it. They pulled back distribution and it is still struggling and right. has lost, you know, over a hundred thousand barrels in volume over the past several years. And some folks have said that's just because of the mismanagement of Sapporo and, and it, you know, they did, they pulled back, but they did it like two weeks before they, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems, I, I don't understand that either, either somebody wasn't talking to someone else in the, within the company or, uh, it was a plan that got approved, but then at some point they decided they're going to punt. Um, I don't know, no inside information on that, but, uh, all right, well, we'll see. Next, uh, Constellation is pausing draft again. And that is another interesting story because they paused uh, their draft, the Modelo draft, for a couple weeks uh, last month. And then they said it was fine. And now they've paused again. And I don't think they're taking any orders till like what, August or something. Yeah. And I don't even think it's just Modelo, I think it's their whole entire yeah. portfolio. Yeah, uh, which is really really rough right now because they have you know a lot of jump balls to to capitalize on right. in the on premise, right. and it's it's really unclear what the problem is. Um, upon the first kind of voluntary recall, if you will, um, I think they said we're pulling them out of an abundance of caution and nothing was harmful, but they never really said what was wrong with the beer. And obviously that hasn't figured itself out. It, right. it seemed like they might've jumped the gun saying, you know, a week or two, things are back in order kind get, of to get through earnings. <laughs> <laughs> things are back in order. Things you know, are fine. Then maybe we can't supply everything earnings. you asked for. And then a week after that, they were like, okay, actually, you know what? We're gonna have to just shut this back down for a little bit. So I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah. Because originally it looked to me like it was, it was a shipping issue because kegs are hard to ship because they're unpasteurized and you know, they have a long line. They have a long way to go to get the beer up to like New York. Yeah. So I thought maybe it spoiled on the way, but now if they're just pausing, it might be something else. So we'll uh, keep a lookout on that. I, we talked to some uh, local salespeople for the constellation distributor here in San Antonio, and they are really upset about it because they get paid on uh, commission a lot higher on Constellation kegs than really anything else they sell. It's, I'm sure that's going on all around the country. And our local Constellation distributor is also an AB distributor, so they kind of need Constellation right now. Double whammy for yeah. sure. And then the other news out of Constellation was that they have a new shareholder that they welcomed into the family, <laughs> Elliott yeah. Management, um, who is... Uh, notoriously an activist investor and not an amicable investor. And so I find it interesting. Now they've gone out of their way to say that this is an amicable pairing. Yeah. Um, however, uh, I think 
to me, this sends the signal that Constellation is getting their ducks in an order. And what, by that, I mean, you know, they've been on a wild buying spree for two decades, and they've gone, they've, uh, they've been kind of like AB, ABI, just more of a bank. So now, you know, the big boy money is in the house, and it's time to uh, tighten up the, batten down those hatches. You know, no more, no more flights off to the Virgin Islands well, on a yeah. day. <laughs> the uh, sands are also out of the house, and now they have somebody that can runs a tight ship uh, right. in there. And it seems like, you know, now that Constellation and Sands have kind of have a little distance now, it seems like Bill Newlands is a little more. Uh, he has a little more freedom in how he talks about some of their <laughs> their past deals, whether it be Ballast Point. He called Canopy a terrible investment. Um, I wonder who <laughs> told them that on the day after they made that investment. Um, yeah, so you're right. They is they're getting their ducks in a row, and um, their stock hit an all time high after that announcement. So, and along with that announcement, two people joined their board one from uh mondelez yeah mondelez and one from autozone note notably they're both ex-cfos that tells me something too that that's another signal that they got to get their financial ducks in an order you don't just put random cfos on your board especially <laughs> two of them all right so uh fourth of july scan data came in Looked like we had a great Fourth of July. Everybody did well. Even AB did better. Not better, well, but a slightly better. Well, yeah, and some brands got back in the black. Um, McUltra, Bushlight, I think even Natty Light for the week. You know, there might be some holiday timing to that, but Fourth of July was on a Monday last year, on a Tuesday this year. So it's not like, I don't think that big it, yeah to me it, it it added an extra day for a lot of people for the weekend yeah and so that could that's like an extra selling day almost uh that definitely pumped up the numbers a little bit but it also just it, it did it wouldn't have accounted for all of it i don't think no and it, it should be noted that while ab's trends did improve their market share was the same so right. you know all all boats rose on on the rising tide I mean, we don't even need to go into Carlos LeBoy's report because it's it was kind of a rehash of the report he already did. Um, but the point was that he doesn't see any signals that they're changing their culture. Um, but, you know, it's only been a few months. I mean, changing your culture is yeah. a years-long <laughs> thing. It's not something you flip a switch on. Yeah. But, you know, uh, there's Morgan Stanley gave AB a buy rating and on valuation because – that's signaling to the market that the worst is behind them and that the uh, the decline in sales have already been baked into the stock price. I, you know, I thought it had died down and, um, you know, the numbers obviously haven't improved outside of 4th of July, but it seemed like at least in the media news cycle, um, AB wasn't the thing everyone was talking about or politicians using it for to win points or to incite anger. Um, I thought after another news topic this week, the uh, BI's um, compliance review board, after they shut down Cruz's complaint saying that AB was marketing to underage uh, underage um, drinkers. What? No, that's not right. 
Yeah, underage, underage people. Underage people. <laughs> underage, underage monkeys. <laughs> We're not, you know, nobody cares about uh, dogs that are underage out there drinking. Drinkers that are underage. <laughs> Teenagers. Yeah. Um, yeah, they... So, yeah, the BI gave him a clear bill of health. So did the CPG, whatever marketing, you know, the kind of the marketing. Yeah, group. and I, I thought that was it. But now DeSantis is <laughs> coming out and, um, you know, trying to, I think somebody, some news outlet said that they're just using AB as a punching bag um, to just, you know, gain. Score some political points yeah. on the cheap. It, it bears saying that. DeSantis, the only weapon he has is to encourage the state pension fund to disinvest in AB, which who knows if they're even invested in AB in the first place. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's, it's kind of an empty, empty threat. But Biscuit finally stopped panting. Yeah, she's, she's chilling These now. mics pick up everything. These are called dynamic mics, uh, Jordan. We will not be using dynamic mics. We'll be using condenser mics upstairs. Condenser mics are better. Why is that? Uh, it makes uh, it it weeds out the ultra high frequencies and the ultra low frequencies. It compresses the sound wave, so that like if you go, ah, it won't be quite as annoying on a condenser okay. mic <laughs> as it is on this mic. So. Uh, We'll be squawking like crows once we get up there, and nobody will care because it'll be all condensed up, and we'll have sound effects. And don't think I'm not going to use the sound effects. I can't wait. Uh, don't tell Jen about the sound effects. I want to surprise her. We have a laugh track. We have a wah-wah. We have uh, drums. That's perfect. Yeah. So that's like your your karaoke mic. Yeah. Yeah. Condenser mic. All right. Let's see. There was one other thing. Oh, Monster, Coke, Monarchy. Yeah. There was one thing that I wanted to ask you that I don't know if anybody has ever really cleared up. And that is whether Coke ended up compensating their bottlers for their BevAlk extensions. I know that was something that the bottlers had asked for it seemed like coke was kind of leaning towards doing that yeah um they call it an invasion fee and you know they do it like if they if they're going to sell coke through amazon whatever warehouse the amazon warehouse if that's in a bottler's district coke pays them an invasion fee something per case so that they don't lose out on too much sales okay and and so uh i don't know it may be that they've given them the secret promise say don't worry you'll end up with these brands <laughs> <laughs> well that's what i was going to ask is if they are compensating them and the bottlers don't have to do anything um and still getting money if you're a bottler you know outside of reyes i guess you're getting some money without doing any of the work would you rather bring on more work and get a little more money or just say you know what just send me a Cut me a little check yeah, right. and not do anything. I, I think you would want the the work and the brands. And the reason is, is because invasion fees are contractual. They can be cut at any time. Okay. And, it, and there's no disruption in the market. There's nothing. So if a new CEO comes along in two years and says, why are we paying these invasions? That's bullshit. Cut it, you know. And if you have the brands in-house, you know, it's like squatting as a renter. You know, you, it's hard to kick you out. Yeah. So I, that's just my thinking 
on that. You know, Coke and Red Tree beverages have gone out of their way to say that that's not their biscuit. <laughs> we'll pay attention to you after this. But, <laughs> that, that, you know, that they're, they don't want to be in distribution and they like the way it is now. And, you know, it behooves them to say that to the, mar- to the marketplace. And I don't know that they do have any intention, but they certainly are setting themselves up just in case. Yeah. Uh, they do have a license with Red Tree. And I think they're just wanting to learn more, get more into the market, and just learn about it. It's the same size as energy drink, or I'm sorry, as, as sports drinks, and that's a that's a big market for them. Yeah. And it's it's all incremental, you know. It, it doesn't eat into their their non-alc, and that's that's a beautiful thing. And right. for for a company that size, they own so many things that what is incremental to them? Nothing. No, no liquid that's non-alcoholic is incremental to those guys. They might see the tiniest little little loss from people buying less mixers when they're picking up right. Jack and Coke, yeah. but right. that's that's nothing to yeah. worry about. Make it up on the high margin. I, I think that's what the bottlers argue, um, argued at the beginning when they were asking for some payment was saying that, well, hey, if you're selling these RTDs, then people are buying less mixers, so we need some of that money. Right. That would be interesting to quantify. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know that it would be that much volume in the whole scheme of things. I don't know. It's but a fun argument. It is a fun argument. Yeah. And, I, you know, if I were a bottler, I'd make the same argument. Yeah. Um, it is interesting, though, like the monarchy deal, uh, you know, it's right there in in the paperwork that there may be a time when they move all of it over. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's the gist I got from that, that Bianca wrote up. <laughs> Are you doing that on purpose? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great job, Bianca. Yeah, um, I think Biscuit wrote that one. <laughs> no, that was our, our crack editor, Jen Litzkirk. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought that all applied to non-out, but I guess it could. Yeah. It, yeah. Are you a big Alani fan? It's not my favorite energy drink. Now I'm kind of on the C4 Smart, the Slim Can, you know? Does it make you work faster? No. Well, okay. <laughs> we'll keep trying. All right. Biscuit, have you had enough of this? She's All right. done. We'll wrap this up. So don't worry. Jen Kirk will be back next week. I know that's why you guys tune in. Uh, but we'll see you next week. And, you know, we'll start now that, well, not quite yet. But when it starts getting to fall and it starts cooling down, we'll have more guests on the podcast. It's just too hot to talk to strangers on the phone. That's right. I mean, am I not wrong? It's, no, it's just you're too spot much. on. It's too much. Yeah. Feel free to comment, like, subscribe, favor, whatever the button is. Uh, we want to hear your feedback, honestly. We, we don't get a lot of comments, and I read every one of them. So please, uh, you know, drop us a line. All right. Take care, guys.